Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please, let me know if it helped you. Jeremiah 18 and 19, allow the master potter, God, to remake your life. God is the master potter. Are you allowing him to mold you into a vessel he can use? Or do you feel you're dried out, cracked, and useless? No problem. He uses broken things also. No heart is too hard for Jesus. In these next two chapters, God uses the potter, clay and jaws to illustrate his relationship to the people of Judah and us. Let's dig in. Jeremiah 18, the potter and the clay. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. Therefore, Jeremiah, go and warn all Judah and Jerusalem, say to them, this is what the Lord says, I am planning disaster for you instead of good. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and do what is right. 
but the people replied, don't waste your breath. We will continue to live as we want, stubbornly following our own evil desires. So this is what the Lord says. Has anyone ever heard of such a thing, even among the pagan nations? My virgin daughter Israel has done something terrible. Does the snow ever disappear from the mountaintops of Lebanon? Do the cold streams flowing from those distant mountains ever run dry? But my people are not so reliable, for they have deserted me, and they burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highways and walked in muddy paths. Therefore, their land will become desolate, a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will shake their heads in amazement. I will scatter my people before their enemies as the east wind scatters dust. And in all their trouble, I will turn my back on them and refuse to notice their distress. A plot against Jeremiah, verse 18. Then the people said, come on, let's plot a way to stop Jeremiah. We have plenty of priests and wise men and prophets. We don't need him to teach the word and give us advice and prophecies. Let's spread rumors about him and ignore what he says. Lord, hear me and help me. Listen to what my enemies are saying. Should they repay evil for good? They have dug a pit to kill me, though I pleaded for them and tried to protect them from your anger. So let their children starve. Let them die by the sword. Let their wives become childless widows. Let their old men die in a plague and let their young men be killed in battle. Let screaming be heard from their homes as warriors come suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit for me and have hidden traps along my path. Lord, you know all about their murderous plots against me. Don't forgive their crimes and blot out their sins. Let them die before you. Deal with them in your anger. That's the end of Jeremiah 18. The major point here. This message to Jeremiah is for all of us. Allow God, the master potter, to have his way with you, the clay. And Pastor Sandy Adams comments. Here's the key. The clay has no say in the process. The potter is sovereign. He determines what the clay ends up to be. The clay is a shapeless hunk of mud when it's put on the spindle. Its only job is to be pliable. It's the potter who softens, molds, and shapes. He applies his artistic genius to his design, and what results is a priceless piece of art, a vessel that now reflects the will and personality of the potter. As a Christian, you are the clay and Jesus the potter. And that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. Jeremiah, the 11th hour prophet. There wasn't much time left. As we saw yesterday, God sent Jeremiah to oversee the judgment on Judah and Jerusalem. It's nice of God to give us a warn, give us warning before sending his judgment and punishment. He gives us time to repent. We are living in the 11th hour right now. If you haven't noticed with all that's going on in the world, we are in the last days the end times. God is warning humankind to get right with him or face the judgment day. Believe me, you do not want to be around for the great tribulation. And if you don't know what that is, I have links in my blog. So click on over to my blog. The link is in the show notes. 
and look at the studies on the end times, on the judgment day, on the great tribulation, uh, and the rapture. I've got information on all of, all of that, plus links to other Bible prophecy um, uh, preachers. And they're, they're my favorite ones. I've checked them all out and they preach the truth. Peter warned us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Going on, Jeremiah 9, Jeremiah's shattered jar. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy a clay jar. Then ask some of the leaders of the people and of the priests to follow you. Go out through the gate of broken pots or the potsherd gate to the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hinnon and give them this message. Say to them, listen to this message from the Lord, you kings of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, I will bring a terrible disaster on this place and the ears of those who hear about it will ring. For Israel has forsaken me and turned this valley into a place of wickedness. The people burn incense to foreign gods, idols never before acknowledged by this generation, by their ancestors or by the kings of Judah. They have filled this place with the blood of innocent children. They have built pagan shrines to Baal and there they burn their sons as sacrifices to Baal. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware for the time is coming, says the Lord, when this garbage dump will no longer be called Topheth or the Valley of Ben-Hinnon, but the Valley of Slaughter. For I will upset the careful plans of Judah and Jerusalem, and I will allow the people to be slaughtered by invading armies, and I will leave their dead bodies as food for the vultures and wild animals. I will reduce Jerusalem to ruins, making it a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will gasp at the destruction they see there. I will see to it that your enemies lay siege to the city until all the food is gone. Then those trapped inside will eat their own sons and daughters and friends. They will be driven to utter despair. As these men watch you, Jeremiah, smash the jar you bought, then say to them, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. As this jar lies shattered, so I will shatter the people of Judah and Jerusalem beyond all hope of repair. They will bury the bodies here in Topheth, the garbage dump, until there is no more room for them. This is what I will do to this place and its people, says the Lord. I will cause this city to become defiled like Topheth. Yes, all the houses in Jerusalem, including the palace of Judah's kings, will become like Topheth. All the houses um, where you burned incense on the rooftops to your star gods and where liquid offerings were poured out to your idols. Then Jeremiah returned from Topheth the garbage dump where he had delivered this message and he stopped in front of the temple of the Lord. He said to the people there, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, I will bring disaster upon the city and its surrounding towns as I promised, because you have stubbornly refused to listen to me. That is the end of Jeremiah 19. The blood of innocent children. Again, I turn to Pastor Sandy Adams. 
The potsherd gate was probably located on the southwest wall of the city near what is today the dung gate. In the first century, the area had become the city's garbage heap. A constant fire burned in the valley to incinerate the trash. This is why Jesus called the place of eternal punishment Gehenna, which means Valley of Hinnom. In the spiritual domain, Gehenna is where the worm doesn't die, the fire isn't quenched. In other words, it's hell. At the time of Jeremiah, the Hinnom Valley was a place synonymous with idolatry. Baal was worshipped and children were sacrificed to Moloch in this valley. It's here that Jeremiah leads this group of Jewish dignitaries. At the scene of their crimes, he publicly pronounces judgment upon them and upon the nation. Many people believe this was more than a warning. This was the announcement that activated God's judgment. This was the trigger that began the Babylonian invasion and the judgment God predicted. There were burning, they were burning their children, innocent babies as offerings to Baal. This was similar to the sacrifice made to Moloch, God of the Canaanites, that God outlawed in Leviticus 18. These idols were made of hollowed out metal. Fire burned inside them. The metal became glowing hot. The priests beat their drums to drown the screams of the babies as they were laid in the outstretched arms of the idol. This was so foreign to God's thinking. He looked on this practice and called Jerusalem an alien place. This was never God's intention for his people. God says of human sacrifice, I did not command or speak, nor did it come into my mind. This shines a light on God's command to Abraham when he told him to offer his only son, Isaac, on the altar. Apparently, God never intended for Abraham to go through with the deed. He asked Abraham to offer Isaac, not kill him. Of course, God never asked mankind to offer a child sacrifice, the blood of the innocent on the altar since he was prepared to do so himself. God later offered his only son, Jesus, for the sin of the world. For a human parent to offer their child as a burnt offering was a deed so despicable, so unnatural that God, that it, it turned God's world into an alien place. It was not only a crime against God and the child and the parents and society, it was a crime against instinct and nature. And this is how God feels today about abortion. Is abortion not the letting of the blood of the innocents? Modern science has made the mother's womb transparent. We can see the life growing in her womb. And who can deny its human life? It's viable from its early stages left alone in the womb. It will grow into a healthy baby. What did the baby do to deserve to die? Abortion is barbaric. It's savage. And it's interesting that what binds parents today to deny their natural instincts and turn on their own babies is the same motivation that existed in Jeremiah's day. Idolatry fuels abortion. Not Baal worship, but self-worship. We worship ourselves and our convenience to insist on our right to choose over a baby's right to live. God is still outraged over the shedding of innocent blood, and our nation is just as deserving of judgment for allowing it to continue. Again, that was from Pastor Sandy Adams. I know that was long, but had to be said. And for your information... The total number of innocent children sacrificed since 1973 for the, for the gods of pride, greed, and selfishness are 
62,502,904 and counting. I have the source of that link in my blog. It's not too late to be humbled and forgiven. These two illustrations of clay in the potter's hand show that God can change us. You must allow him to make you into a person good enough to serve him and be welcomed into his kingdom. He can either smash us back into lumps of clay then mold us into what he wants us to be, or he can take a dried out, cracked thought and fix it so that he can use it. Either way, it requires humility and surrender. He can't mold us into what he needs us to be unless we become pliable. We have to become soft enough for him to do his magic. There's a special relationship between the potter and the clay. As long as we acknowledge that we are not good enough on our own, that we need Jesus, he will be with us 24 seven. And he told us in Revelation 3, chapter, um, Revelation chapter three, verse 20, he said, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. <sighs> Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. It's never too late. What are you waiting for? We're at the 11th hour. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. Click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of today's blog, I put in two appropriate hymns. One's called The Potter's Hand and the other one Broken Things. Soli Leo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version or NKJV and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it.
Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.